Hey friends, Jacob here. I want to take a quick moment to say sorry we're behind on the release schedule. We've got a lot of spinning plates over at Hot Chocolate Media right now, and we just couldn't make it work in time. We'll be back on track pretty quick here, just need to do some catch-up work. Today's episode was recorded at the Prior Affair Art and Craft Show, and we were kind of assuming when we signed up that there would be some stage mics and a line we could pull to record, but that was not provided to us, so we had to improvise a little bit. We ended up recording at a table with our field mic, but there were lots of people and kids milling around and the sound isn't ideal. Apologies for that. Definitely keep listening though, because our guest this week is Kelvin Hatley, and he is delightful. Thanks, we'll see you soon. Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome everyone, live from Blackstack Brewery during the Prior Affair Art Show on a sunny April afternoon. I'm Kyle Decker of Hot Chocolate Media and you're listening to The Movie Machine. Uh, I'm joined by three media luminaries right now who are going to craft a film for us based on a random prompt by our writer, Jacob Gulliver, who uh, was the character care supervisor on Infinity War. We have Ben Lifson, our director, who was Rocket Raccoon's groomer on Infinity War. And we have Kelvin Hatley, who is the uh, Chuck Tingle note taker on the set of Infinity War. So Chuck Tingle's ready to go with everything sexy from Infinity War. Welcome, gentlemen. I'm inserting uh, old 1980s Chuck E. Cheese coins into the uh, movie machine, and it's going to spit out a uh, prompt for me. All right, our theme today is a lighthearted horror film. The main characters are a serene hunter and an unfriendly detective. The start of the story is birth, and the end of the story is death. So I want to tell you a story about Emily. Uh, Emily is a, a hunter of all things supernatural and uh, she was born under an auspice moon, so she has been given these sort of powers to track these creatures of the nights and uh, the, the creatures of the dark woods, as it were. So she is raised in this environment that doesn't really play to that a whole lot, and she is trying to sort of come into that more as she realizes that she can do this, she can see these monsters, she has these abilities. She is leaning more into that sort of lifestyle. So the, the story is going to take place in a town, I'm thinking like Pacific Northwest kind of area, so like you know, an Oregon or a Washington, or maybe even like Canada, that could be kind of cool. Um, lots of woods and like old houses and everything. I'm, I'm seeing sort of this mystery that's unraveling where this town starts to see some disappearances and you know, we don't want to get too far into like the scary side of things, I just want it to, to be... Um, you know, kind of fun, something like, you know, teens or like young adults would be into as well. And I'm feeling like our detective is going to be this this character who has been around town and like doesn't know that the supernatural exists, but is kind of like a, you know, kind of like a grump a little bit and just like, you know, refuses to believe that the, the supernatural creatures are, are there and is trying to find these logical conclusions and has been kind of led the wrong direction by... You know, maybe there's like a, a one of these creatures, our, our potential villain, who's manipulating the organizations in town into preventing uh, investigations to be done. 
So I'm thinking we have a cool villain, and I'm open to you know what kind of a monster this this thing is, but something really kind of like weird and out there that you know pretends to look like a human would be really cool. I'm gonna call that that creature uh, the Y, and then our detective, who I'm gonna call Stephen. Stephen is somebody who meets up with Emily and. Throughout the course of the story, they investigate these these scenes together, and it eventually is revealed that uh, Stephen is her uh, her uncle. She's uh, an adopted child, and was you know like she, they find this familial connection, and they find this, this sort of journey together as they go. So I think it's going to be you know kind of a, a little bit of like heartwarming in there. It's going to be a little bit of like you know spooky. Kind of in the vein of like the the Goosebumps remake movie, with only Jack Black. That kind of like a feel. That's what I'm imagining. I want to call this movie The Lost Child. All right, director Ben with an E, with an e on the end. All right. Oh, okay. That changes uh, everything. Yeah. Director Ben, you sometimes act right, but anyway, director Ben, you've been given a script called Try. The Lost Child about a kid with moon powers who fights a monster named Y. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, how do you make uh, this art? What's your spin? So we need to make this. You're saying you didn't necessarily want to make it scary, okay? So, but but we've got to make this scary, okay? We gotta we gotta put some spooks in there. We gotta put some some scare. We need to put some things that weren't there before, and then suddenly they are, and then a loud noise happens. I, I don't know if that has a term yet, but um, it's a new filmmaking technique I'm right, perfecting. Right. So let's see. For our cast, you know, I want to get for the detective someone you know with a lot of class. I'm assuming he's not dead yet. I mean, I know he's alive now, but you know. Films take a while to film, so you never know. Sam Elliott, I'm gonna get him as the detective. And uh, our evil monster, which is gonna be mocap, of course. We're gonna have Keith David, because, you know, awesome voice. And you know, for Moon Child Lady, Emily. Who, Emily, who we're gonna give like moon eyes to, you know, like we're gonna put some contacts in that make it all moon, m- moon shiny, because. It'll be cool. Don't worry about it. It'll look cool. You know, we're going to go with an unknown actor. Okay. Karen Walterson. Okay. She hasn't been in a movie yet, but she's a great... Here's her uh, Here's her headshot. See? See? See it? Is this like bribery or... No, no, no. Look, look at her headshot and audition. Like, look, she looks great, doesn't she? Sure. Let's go with that. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, she can definitely bring some acting chops to this. Um, again, first time. So, yeah, you know, we're going to shoot it in the woods. And woods are cool because that's going to cut down on production because we can, you know, film in sort of the same area and um, we'll make it look like it's a different spot because, you know, it's just trees, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is just, just whatever, woods. We'll shoot it day for night, though, because shooting at night, you know, there's laws about that and it's trickier. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, we're going to make this kind of a scary movie. She's going in there. But to make it really scary, I think that we need to give her a sidekick who dies. Because, you know, you can't have a horror movie unless someone dies in it. You know what I mean? Let's bring in some slasher elements to it. So let's get, you know, a plucky sidekick. I'll just have him improvise and have him played by Tom Holland. He's probably available. Throw him in there and, you know, this, this movie's going to be... We'll put a scary trailer up. And All right. That'll be awesome. So, Telvent, you're the producer. First series of uh, storyboards and the script and some test shots star Sam Neill, Tom Holland, Keith David. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, sorry. That'd be a different... I mean, they're both good character actors named Sam. 
Sam Elliott, and then uh, there claims to be a female lead for for Emily, but all you've seen is a Shutterstock photo that uh, claims to be her headshot, but you literally just saw it in a frame at Target, so you're not sure where this actor is coming from. Don't uh, worry about it. And there's a uh, you don't need to say dailies either. It's fine. There's a whole bunch of. Uh, like a whole bunch of slasher scenes the writer didn't put in. They literally just go from a jump scare to a squib exploding, and the director really wow, seems to be a good name for them. that undiscovered technique, Kyle. Yeah, I just came up with it. It just kind of popped up in my head, you know. So, Kelvin, you give this thing a budget. Do you think you got a money maker here? What's the budget you give it, and how do you make this thing profitable? Well, I guess the thing that, that just keeps coming back to my mind is why the why? Why is there a why? 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 What, what is the why? Why is the why there? It's like this ancient, mysterious, like creature that's okay. very powerful and it's mysterious. So we, it's called the why because we don't know why it exists. Okay. We don't know uh, why it has the gifts it does or why it's doing what it's doing. But it's very scary. Okay, so is it like reptilian? Is it hairy? Is it like glowing with weird energy? I mean, I, I, I just can't picture what it's going to look like. I was picturing kind of like dementory, like sort of like li- liquid smoke kind of thing. Oh, yeah. That's... But, you know, that's if you've got some production designers who want to throw some other stuff around, you know, that's your call, ideally. Okay. And, and we're going for lighter horror, so like a PG, PG-13. Huh. That was but my intention. The director's but... already filmed like four Peckinpah levels of gore scenes. Oh, boy. For you, so it's a little, you're not sure where we're going. You know, if we can get the PG-13, we can edit a few frames of that out, I'm sure. But, um, well, this sounds good. I mean, it, it, it sounds like it's going to get the Harry Potter crowd. kind of wish there was more, like, like how young is this Carrie, Karen Walters? I mean, uh, I mean she, she, she got, like, kid appeal, or is she, like, adult? Like, it's the parents of the kids appeal. 26. Okay, I think that works. That's probably right. to, to be fair, no one has actually ever met her or confirmed meeting her. I have. Other than the director. Okay, well, that, that is a heck of a gamble, but you know what? you gotta you got to give young kids a chance in this cutthroat world we live in. So I'm going to say, I think we can go ahead with this. I'm, I'm seeing it like the 40 to 50 million range. What, what, what exactly was the Tom Holland role in there? He was the plucky sidekick that gets murdered horribly. The plucky sidekick gets murdered horribly. Can he, can he come back as like a ghost or something? Sure. Or a zombie or, you know, like, like not, not like a scary zombie with like blood all over him, but, you know, like a hot Sources zombie. do confirm he dies on screen really well. Okay, cool. It's going to be the youth draw, so um, get, make, make sure Tom's got some stuff to do. Okay. I figure he's gonna, you know, like after being Spider-Man and everything, he's gonna maybe feel like this is a step down. So we might have to like offer him a bit more in the money department or something. But uh, you know, okay, let him die. That's fine. Make sure he's got some screen time. All right. So writer Jacob, you get some notes and some treatment back from the studio. Your script looks quite a bit different. There's lots of gore and blood and slasher stuff. Tom Holland's been added as just a plucky psychic character. He's his his salary is a, a tenth of your or a fifth of your budget just to pay him. He's, he's just ten million right off the top. You feeling okay? You like these changes? You're gonna roll with this and make some changes to the script, make it all work? Well, I mean, the money's not my call. You know, that's not the the department that I'm in charge of. But I, I have actually met Tom Holland back in his, his dance days when he was uh, even younger. I, I really don't think he's gonna be interested in this. I I disbelieve that he's gonna have any fun doing this kind of a role. To Ten be honest, million dollars yeah. does buy a nice beach house. This is true. <laughs> 
in the ideal world, I would say we cut that part because I don't see it adding all that much to the story. What I'd really like to do, uh, I want to focus the story again on, on Emily and not on the, the detective. I want the detective to be somebody who is kind of being misled and is um, interacts with Emily throughout the story. They team up at, at points within, uh, but, you know, acts as a, a secondary. So I want to focus more on her trying to figure out, you know, what what is going on with why and how Y has been manipulating the people in this town. Monsters of the town are, are taking people away. They're draining life force or they're doing something that's not directly killing since we want to keep it a little bit lighter. I've pulled away some of the, the scenes with like the, you know, body horror and like crazy gore stuff that you were doing before. That just doesn't seem like it's really going to fit the tone of the, the piece. Yeah, I think stealing energy or maybe like stealing objects like rare family heirlooms because they have spiritual value in some way, they have energy attached to them, that would be pretty cool as like a, a creepy monster plot. Um, and then I've also added in some more scenes with Y so we get a little bit more characterization. I think Keith David would be really cool for that, that sort of role. So that was a, a good casting. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty happy with this, you know, as long as we're not shying too far into, like, the super scary space. Like I said, the tone I, I really wanted was the you know, goosebumps kind of area, that sort of a thing. All yeah, right. I'll leave it at that. Director Ben, your rewrites based on your notes come back. The Tom Holland character has kind of been written out because it's like there's no way we can afford him or that he works. And, there's still big question marks around him and the the, the plucky sidekick we all created. Everyone, the whole cast and crew, rescue are really concerned because your lead actress has never shown up. And well, people we're are beginning, her later. beginning to whisper if she's even real. We're shooting her and scenes later. And you're just later. collecting her paycheck to like a Cayman Islands what? account. No. Is the theory. So. It's gone to more of a Monster of the Week kind of feel, like a feel-good, like Goosebumps, Buffy-type movie. There's some fun characters and all, just you don't have a lead actress that anyone can tell, but... We're shoot, we're, we don't shoot it in chronological order. All right. Sir, but, but don't you know how movies up? are made? Obviously, I don't. Okay, so a couple things. First off, the Tom Holland thing won't work anyway. Uh, I found out that he has a British accent, and I disbelieve he can get rid of it, so... Um, <laughs> We're just going to write out his character. However, I thought of a new, brand new horror filmmaking technique. Okay. Okay, so brand new. So what we're going to do is we're going to have, you know how in movies you're shot, they're shot with cameras? So what if we made a horror movie where the characters have the cameras and they're recording what's happening in the movie? This is a new idea that I just thought of. I think it's okay. going to be a huge uh, did, did thing. Did you just find this idea yeah you know yeah. just find there's some footage yeah know, exactly the characters are taking right yeah. so okay. uh we're gonna do that um <laughs> this also means that we don't have to shoot as many scenes with the you know we don't have to have the actress on set until the we adr her lines in there because it'll be from her point of view so i think you know this works for everyone's schedule so we don't need her on set until later but uh we're really gonna handle this as sort of a the detective side of things you know people investigating this conspiracy kind of going in more the direction you were hoping you know it's like what is with this town why is it so weird and you know all this energy and you know investigating things and the why you know we can maybe he glitches up this camera so we can save a little money there i mean none of the other actors are as expensive anymore so i guess we have extra money but you know it's we have extra you know i mean we could probably give it to our lead, our lead actress, because she's been working really hard. Or we can spruce up some effects. Yeah, no, you know, I think really going in this direction, really doing the interviewing investigation style, I think 
you know, these two techniques I've developed are really going to change Hollywood. I'm thinking of a third one, but um, it's probably too revolutionary for what I'm doing right now. What's your third idea? Well, you know how in movies there's a group. So what if we shot a film where members of the group one by one die? So it's like they're getting checked off the list. But, you know, we don't have enough actors for this. So maybe down the line it'll be, you know, just slashing them off the list will be a great film next time. Okay. All right, producer Kelvin, you've been given all the previous footage has now been changed to a found footage ah, film. Good. Like, I don't know where I came up with that. <laughs> I think some witch might have told me. All right. Right now, your director swears they're going to ADR it later, but all the lines from the Emily character are done by him trying to impersonate a young woman's voice. It's a little weird. And then no, all the fine. shots from her point of view, you have his man hands in the shot holding the camera. No, it's stuff. fine. We're going we're gonna to CGI so, it. So you feeling good about Hi, this? It was actually me the whole time. Did you hear that voice? You didn't, couldn't even tell. Well, I, I'm okay with the found footage thing because, you know, you can film it on, possibly be filmed on the phones because I think we can get Verizon to throw in some money. Okay. Okay, they're using Verizon phones to film this stuff. Because who doesn't have a smartphone these days? If you have like an actual video camera, I think kids are going to be like, what the heck is that? What, what, what is that weird contraption? If we're, if we're going with the more kids goosebumpy sort of thing, I, I'm a little uncomfortable with the word die being used so much. Can, can maybe like they just be, oh, like they have their souls imprisoned in a, in a crystalline yeah. thing of a doohickey or something? Like a, like a soul stone? Yeah, Soulstone is the way of describing it. It could be a, a, a little glass coffin thing or something, you know. Yeah, yeah that, that's way more kid friendly. Yeah, yeah. We just need to come up with a nonsense name for it. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Do the do the whole J.K. Rowling thing, where it's just like pull up a previously established, you know, fantasy trope and then put a different name on it and claim it. And you yours. know, because because I'm thinking like you could sell action figures of these things and, and the packaging would be like this sort of crystal coffin-y thing mm. you know and you open it up and, and take like, it. oh and then there's there's your, the, the crystal coffin the the character or whatever alright um, or crypt or I don't know it, coffin might be a little too do you want to change the name of this at all or are you happy what's it called the, the lost child the lost child with an E it's a, the child E it, it, since it like seems Victorian to be, script, yeah. you know. Yeah, there's multiple people, so maybe it's lost children. With an E? Yeah. Oh. Lost children. <laughs> Anything else you want to stamp on this for? You send it off to the world to be judged by the movie machine and its real movie simulation. But just I, I, You mentioned something about the why. The why is grabbing like family heirlooms and stuff. How toyetic are these family heirlooms? I mean, there's some things there that I think you could definitely do. Like I'm yeah. picturing like necklaces yeah. or you know, like old photographs or, you know, like a, a, a baseball bat or something okay. like that. Something okay. that has like some family history to it and has absorbed the spiritual energy. Could it be like more action figures? Like action figures the kid? There drew? could maybe be like, you know, like a baseball cards or like an okay. action figure that was passed down or All right. uh, maybe a, a Robbie the Robot. Okay, one, one okay. Of the kids has a yeah, yeah, some, some, some sort of sci-fi. retro thing. Uh, you know, and maybe not exactly Robbie because that's probably going to be too much money, but like a... A Toby the robot. A Toby, a pseudo-Robbie. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to put this into the movie machine. It sounds like someone breathing heavily right into a microphone too close, like in a found footage movie. That's my next technique. 
So this comes back, and uh, it's a weird mesh. Critics don't know what to make of it. Some think that it's an avant-garde setup of, like, children's horror movies and all, because there's still a couple of the big, bloody slasher things made in, in. But because you didn't ever use the F-word or boobs, it still maintained a PG-13 rating. So people aren't sure. Like, it's, it's horrible and violent, but it's the language is perfectly, like, G-rated. And there's no sexual content of any kind. Like, the, the weirdest thing is the, uh, from the point of view of why, comes in and slaughters a whole bunch of comic book nerds in a comic book store trying to find a Toby the Robot doll, and they're quite sure, like, they thought it was a bit extreme, especially when he picked up the uh, X-Men issue 75 and just, like, wiped the blood off of one of the victim's face to, to so he could, it, everyone thought that was weird. They thought it was, some people think it's a send-up of, like, geek culture, and other people just say, no, it's a really terrible found footage movie with a grown man playing the role of a woman and what people oh. don't know what to make of it so it kind of it, it gets a little novelty or sympathy box office for a couple weekends but then gets quickly ushered off into uh the land of netflix and video on demand where it kind of gets a small cult following among like people who collect off-brand action figures like uh totally gi joe's but not gi joe's they're called like action steve i grew up with that steve. so you make some decent money but uh it just kind of goes it's mostly forgotten by the end of the day and no one it just a few extreme horror fans remember it and it's like it it really fits at every movie has at least one person to where it is their favorite movie and you guys have like three of those people that's good. Okay. So, so armed with that knowledge and two minutes each, you now have some time travel magic if you want to try and uh, save your uh, film from the $5 Blu-ray bin at Best Buy. Well, I mean, that's not a terrible place to be. There's, you can find some good stuff in there. You know, there's lots of movies that have made back their money on, on Blu-ray. I mean, if you look at something like the, the most recent Riddick film, it didn't do that great in theaters, but then... You know, they sold triple the number of Blu-rays they did movie tickets. So that's, you know, they made their money back regardless. So here's here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to put my foot down and say no more gore. It's it's spirit stealing. It's energy stealing. They're going to take these objects. I think we lean harder into the objects. Uh, why is a, a collector of sorts? Why is somebody who uh, tries to find um, these odd objects and uh, sustains their existence um on by feeding on that energy and the more unique the more specific that energy is the more powerful that they can maintain i also think that their part of their power stems from their ability to remain mysterious so the the plot will resolve uh as as emily figures out like the more i find out about why the less powerful he will become the more that i can glean from these different things more that I can use that uh, against him to, to destroy this this power that they have. So I'm really interested in that. I think that'll be really fun. We absolutely have to get somebody else to play Emily because it's falling flat right now. Ben, I'm sorry. I just you need to go hang out with Upright Citizens Brigade or somebody because you you don't have the, the chops for this one, pal. And it's it's really dragging down what you know the script that we all worked really hard on and that's just my opinion. Fire me if you want, but you know I feel like I've done my due diligence here, and I think there's a good movie underneath some of the, the flaws that we've got. All right, director, there's some harsh words from your writer who says, no gore, it's soul-stealing, it's, it's about hunting down collectibles and stuff like that, and also, cast someone, not you. Yeah. Those are your notes. So, first off, I've been asked to read a statement. 
Okay, I wanted to apologize for my, what the lawyer says, not removed omission information regarding our lead actress. I may have not fully given all the details about her availability. Or uh, existence. Or existence. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to apologize for that. I also want to apologize for spending $15 million of our budget on my crusade to copyright found footage and uh, jump scares as a film technique. I, um, that was a waste of money, I admit. So with our remaining funds, um, I'm going to cast Kieran Shipka. She's an actress. Really? In Mad Men. Yeah. So we're going to cast her because now we just need... She's real? Yes. Here in Shipka, yeah. Uh, We only need her line, so we'll just go over to her house and just put a mic in her face. No, no, she needs to to be on set. We need to film those scenes. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I don't don't want to rock the boat anymore, so I'll I'll do whatever you want. So so we'll get that done. I also want to apologize to the stock footage model who I may have used for making many claims in her name that she was not privy to. So I hope that we can all move past this incident and uh, make this a successful movie. Okay. So, Kelvin, you, you're the studio. You've got a lot of reshoots with Karen Stipka, real real actor, real... Yep, yep. And the footage and all the gore has been changed out to blue mist being sucked out of the people and everything, so it's very much... You know, it went from a PG-13 to a PG rating just because it's a little too intense for a G rating. Otherwise, you got a nice, clean, family-friendly uh, horror, like back in the Amblin days-style mm-hmm. horror movie with lots of action figures being pumped out of China right now for you. You happy with that? Pretty much. I mean, I think this is a... I do like that sort of Goonies-esque vibe thing because the parents know what that kind of a kid's film is, so they'll bring their kids to this. I really like the Kieran Shipka thing. Uh, she's age appropriate for the role. I was wondering if maybe we could sprinkle in a few cameos, like the comic shop owner could be. But maybe we could get the guy who owns the is the comic shop owner in in uh, the Big Bang Theory or something. You know, like is that that everyone will go like, ah, oh, it's that guy. That kind of interest is is a good thing to to foment. If we're doing the kids thing, we got to really hit the toys hard, and I think we've done that. The, the blue mist that sucks out people's souls, maybe we can make some kind of a, like a, like a high C flavor that's blue colored. They still make high C. <laughs> you know, like, 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 no, they used to have that, that, uh, ecto cooler. cooler. Yeah. Yeah. So like maybe this could be the, the soul stealing cooler or something. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you bring a new kind of ecto cooler kind of product, <laughs> the action figure line overall, uh, this becomes a, uh, a fairly profitable franchise. The studio, with different directors and writers, pumps out a whole bunch of other crap like this. That it's it's kids PG rated horror. It brings it back from its heyday in the 80s. Jacob, you do okay because it was initially your idea. So you get residual checks every month that uh, are enough to uh, pay for a nice two bedroom apartment in Los Angeles yep. while you while you keep writing spec scripts. So you're doing okay. Ben, you are blacklisted. Uh, <laughs> you're not able to direct anything but Surge commercials ever. And because people only buy Surge on Amazon, your career is effectively over. I won't blacklist you, Ben. If you hire me to write a Surge commercial, I will write the best damn Surge So, and uh, Kelvin uh, is given his own studio to run after he creates the next big children's young adult franchise. The well, studio hey. loves him. So, everyone but Ben does really well in this. So, uh, as we leave, we always leave with some parting wisdom for our new patron state of the movie machine, Jaden Smith. I build pyramids constantly.
Thank you, everyone. This has been the Movie Machine from Black Sack Group.